0: Good evening, it's good to see everyone here tonight, and uh, I want to thank you for showing up, even though you knew, you knew I was speaking, you still love me enough to come, so thank you very much. I uh, appreciate the prayer on my behalf, and uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight is like uh, Brent said about his lesson this morning, it's nothing new, nothing you've never heard of, won't be mind-boggling probably, but... I think it's a reminder that some of some things that we need to think about as we walk our walk with Christ. You know up here in this pulpit there's been many lessons lately about how we bring others to Christ, how we study with unbelievers, how to be more Christ-like, how we should worship, how we should love people, especially those that are Christians and how to help the church grow. And all these things are very important and they're very vital and we're commanded to do those things. They can all be found in scripture. But there is something that can prevent us from doing all of these things. And do you know what it is? It's a nine letter word. The word is called hypocrisy. I think it was about two or three years ago, Craig gave a really good lesson on hypocrisy. Probably should have went back and listened to it again, but I didn't. But I remember some things that he did say in that lesson, and it was one that I needed to hear, and maybe we need to hear it again today. I know I do. Well, what is hypocrisy? I think we all know. We could probably all give a good definition, but I'll look at see what Webster said. He said it's a feigning to be what one is not or to believe what one does not. Uh, Behavior that contradicts what one claims to believe or feel. Behavior that contradicts what one claims to believe or feel. So you might say it's putting a mask on, putting your Christianity mask on while we're here, and then when we walk out the door, we take it off. We shouldn't do it, but sometimes we do. How would you like it, and maybe it's happened to you, but how would you like it if someone called you a hypocrite? I wouldn't like it. I absolutely would be offended by that. I wouldn't like it. I don't expect that any of you would want to be called a hypocrite. And you know what? Jesus didn't like hypocrites at all. And we'll find that out shortly as we go through this lesson. In Matthew 23, Jesus was talking to the scribes and Pharisees, and he called them hypocrites about seven times. You know, when something's mentioned more than once, generally that means that hmm, maybe we should pay attention to what is being said here. And he mentioned the word hypocrites quite a few times through this chapter. In 23 verses, 23 of Matthew, uh, starting in v- verses uh, 14. I'm just going to pick some verses out. We're not going to read the entire chapter, but it says, Woe to you, this is Jesus talking. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore you will receive greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. So as actually what he's doing here is he's saying, you know what? You are nothing but a bunch of frauds. You're acting like you're high and mighty and you're this and that, but you're, you're just being fraudulent to these people. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Your lives are roadblocks to God's kingdom is what he's telling them. You know, when we convert someone to Christianity, we've got to be very careful how we act. Just as a child watches what you do, every move you make when they're growing up, a new Christian watches us too to see what we do because this is a new life for them. This is something they've never experienced before. It's so important that we know who we are So the question, is, as it states up here on the, on the PowerPoint, are you who you say you are? That's a question that I can't a- answer for you, and you can't answer for me, but you can answer it for yourself. Are you who you say you are? On down in the verse 23 of Matthew, he says once again, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe, men and and coming, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. In other words, he says, you know, you keep meticulous books. I mean, you know where every dime and nickel is. You 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 just you know everything about that. But you ignore things like fairness, compassion and commitment you just completely ignore them you in other words you pay attention really to things that really are not important as far as what your salvation is concerned with in verse 25 of that same chapter he says woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence Well, I started to bring a coffee cup up here, but, you know, you probably could, you could tell I was holding a coffee cup, but you really couldn't see, see it that well. But just imagine if I'm holding a coffee cup up here, and, you know, those, those are solid. You can't see through them. There's probably some you can, but most coffee cups are solid. You can't see through them. And that's sparkling, clean um, cup, as far as you can tell. But on the inside, it hadn't been washed days, weeks, months, years. You know, there are some people at my workplace that don't wash their coffee cups very often. And it's, it's pretty gross. It's ugly. It's nasty. It's dirty. You wouldn't want to drink out of it. And it's what he says. That's what he's telling these scribes and Pharisees. That's the way you are. You look really nice and pretty on the outside, but on the inside, man, you are filthy dirty. In verse 25, or in uh, in verse 27, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. He's saying you're like manicured graves, but underneath that grave it's not as pretty of a sight. I remember going to Arlington Cemetery in Washington, D.C., and maybe some of you have been there or you've been to a cemetery similar to that. And, man, the grass is manicured perfectly, and you cannot look in any, however direction you look on those headstones, they're in a straight line. It's quite impressive, quite impressive. And it's a beautiful place. It's a somber place, but it's a beautiful place. But what's underneath there is not as pretty as what's on top. And again, that's what he's trying to get across. And in finishing that verse, Even so you also outwardly appear righteous to man, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. I don't want to be known as someone that's practicing lawlessness. Do you? I mean, I hope that people look at me and say, You know, he, he does... What he's supposed to do he he does a good job he sets a good example and i'm sure you want to do the same thing in verses 29 through 30 he says woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous and say if we had lived in the days of our fathers we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets So he said, you know, you build these nice tombs and prophets, and you're honoring honoring all these, uh, like your fathers and all these men. Yet you're condemning them from what they did. You're saying they really weren't very good people when it really comes down to it. And he says, look at yourself at the rate you're going. You're going to be even worse. In verse 33, he doesn't pull any punches. I mean, he's telling them how it is. There's no sugarcoating. He says, "Serpents, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell?" He is calling them a bunch of poisonous snakes. Now, you may like snakes. Some people like to handle them. I don't want anything to do with a snake. Now, my mother, I got that from her. She's there she's very scared of snakes. I don't like snakes. I don't really even like to go to a zoo and go into the the part that has the snakes. I don't like them. And you remember that at the beginning of this world, when it was formed and, and Adam and Eve were in the garden, Satan is referred to as a serpent. And so to me, that's another reason I just shouldn't, I don't like snakes. I just don't, I don't like them. But he calls them a bunch of snakes He's asking them, how can you escape the damnation of hell? You know, we used to talk about, when I was growing up, and and I think even like when my parents were growing up, there was a lot of hell and damnation and brimstone preachers pounding the podium and telling everybody how it was. But sometimes, you know, that has to be. That's what Jesus was doing. He didn't pull any punches here. He was telling them exactly what he thought of hypocrites. Well, that's in the Bible. That was a long time ago. And that's what the people of the world will say. You know, a lot of times you hear, well, it's an old book. It doesn't really, you know, pertain to this day and time. It's it's not how we're living, whatever. We know it's false, but we hear those things. But there are some things about being hypocritical that maybe we don't think about. Maybe small things. Is all the praying that you do, is it here at church and none at home? Is this the only prayer that you hear? Is this the only prayer that you participate in and none at home? What if you read the Bible more here than you do at home? Is that being hypocritical? I'll let you enter that. When we go and do something for somebody, this congregation is one of the best congregations I've ever seen. When someone's in need, they go and help people, whether it's a death, a sickness, uh, just someone's moving, whatever the case may be. You're very good at that and to be commended, by the way. But do we do that sometimes and then no one says anything to us? They don't thank us. Uh, We don't get a card saying thank you. We don't get a gift card saying thank you. And then we get upset because hmm, they didn't even say thank you to me. Boy, if we're doing it for that reason, it is totally, totally wrong. That is not why we do those things. That is not why we do those things. Let's be careful not to put on the face of the mask of Christianity and then later take it off. Are you who you say that you are? In Titus 1.16, the Bible says, They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Let's look at that, abominable. You know, that, that means Disgusting. That's what that word means. Disobedient is easy to, to uh, clarify. That's just being neglectful of obedience. And disqualified. You know, if you run a race, if you're in track, if you jump the gun, then you're done. You're through. You can't. You're disqualified. You can't get the prize. You won't get the prize. And that's what he's saying here. If you don't do these things correctly, you're not going to get the prize. In 1 Timothy 4, 16. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Take heed. We don't use that word much. In other words, pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention to what the Bible says. Pay attention. That's our instruction book. That's our roadmap, map, if you would. Do what it says, and you'll be all right. Do we give to the poor to be recognized by others? Do we pray in public to be recognized as God's man? Questions you should ask yourself. Are you who you say you are? In Matthew 6, starting verse 1, it reads Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward for your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory for men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who is in season secret will himself reward you openly. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray... "'Standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. "'Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. "'But you, when you pray, go into your room. "'And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father, who is in the secret place. "'And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. "'And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions, as the heathen do. "'For they think they will be heard for their many words.' Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. So, once again, another example of how we are to do these things, how we're to follow these things that we've been instructed. How to help people, how to uh, pray. Uh, I remember there was an elder at a congregation I used to go to, and he was... He was a, I knew he was quite a wealthy man. He, life had been good to him as far as income. But he never, he didn't act like he had a lot of money. Uh, He just, he didn't flaunt his, his income status. Anyway, long story short, after he passed away, I found out about all these things he had done for people. But guess what? He never did tell anybody. He was always anonymous. He didn't want anyone to know. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. Well, hypocrisy. How serious is it, really? Well, it's pretty serious. If you look at Acts chapter 5, starting in verse 1, we all know this story, but I'm going to read it, about Ananias and Sapphira. Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things, and the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. How serious is hypocrisy? Uh, I would say quite serious, wouldn't you? When someone dies for having committed that sin. uh, No, it's probably not going to happen to you or I in that manner. But a lesson to be learned how serious it is. Many will say, and you've heard this, I bet, I shouldn't say I bet, that's not a good thing to say, is it? I would assume maybe that Most of you have heard the the excuse, well, I don't want to go to church because I don't want to be down there with a bunch of hypocrites. I bet you've heard that. I've heard that. Um, We want to be careful that we're not a hypocrite, that we don't keep anybody from going to church. But if you think about it, it's kind of a poor excuse for not coming to church because... We, we shop at stores where there could be hypocrites there. We eat at restaurants where there could be hypocrites working there. We may even have people that are hypocritical at our workplace. And we might even have people that are hypocritical at sporting events we attend. So really saying, you know, you don't want to go down there because there's a bunch of hypocrites. Uh, if we said that about everything, we wouldn't participate and anything in life. But yet, this is important, because all these things I just mentioned, they don't get you to heaven. But coming to church and learning about God and doing His will and obeying Him will get you to heaven, so we don't want to run anyone off because of our life being full of hypocrisy. It's everywhere. Hypocrisy is everywhere. This verse is not up on the board, but Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that's what we have to remember, that we're different. And, and to finish that verse, that you may prove what, is, what it is that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to remember that, yes, there's people that are hypocrites in the world, but... A Christian is supposed to be a different person. A peculiar person, if you would. Someone that doesn't participate in everything that the world does. We've got to remember we have to do what we've been told. Are you who you say you are? Do we complain about another person's behavior when ours is even worse? Matthew 7, and starting in verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For... With what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And what do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And I thought about bringing a big, long 2 before up here and sticking it up here in my eye and walking right down here to Lyle and say, Lyle, it looks like you got a speck in your eye there. You might want to take care of that. How ridiculous is that, right? It's, a, it's kind of a ridiculous little illustration, but that's how ridiculous it is to be hypocritical. We need to have our lives right before we go out bashing someone else. We need to be careful about how we treat others. If we want to do these things, I talked about at the beginning, bringing others to Christ, converting people, helping the church grow. We have to get rid of the hypocrisy. Well, all these verses <coughs> I've read are out of the New Testament. So is, is hypocrisy just something that, you know, it just popped up once, once we had the New Testament? No. You know, it's been around forever. In uh, Isaiah 29 thirteen The Scripture says Therefore the Lord said, <clears throat> Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts from far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. So in other words they were offering up lip service basically, but weren't really serious about it. And that is referred to as hypocrisy. In 2 Corinthians, in the first part of, 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 of chapter 5, the first part of, ch- of verse 20, it says, we are ambassadors for Christ. What is an ambassador? It's a, it's a representative of Christ. We're here to represent who Christ is, who God is, uh, what Christianity is all about. We're ambassadors. It's important that we conduct ourselves in the right way. It's very, could be very tragic If we ran someone off because we said we did it this way and we did it another way. That is not what God wants us to do. Again, it's not a mask that we put on and take off. Hypocrisy can really damage the church. It can hurt, you know. That's the unfortunate thing about, you know, we have so much media these days and... uh, but I think back about a lot of people that are not members of the church, but, but let's say I call them, I'll, I'll just say TV evangelists. We know of people that we've seen and heard that they can like, claim to be something, and then they got caught in some kind of act that, and, and let's face it, people, the whole world thinks that anybody that says they're religious in any form or fashion. They're all like that. People think that if they see someone that got caught in some kind of act, sinful act when they was not supposed to be doing it, they think we're all that way. That's not true, but that's why we have to be so careful about how we conduct ourselves. We influence people, whether you realize it or not. You influence someone every day, every day. Go to the grocery store, you know, at work, wherever. Someone's watching you. I promise you someone's watching you. In 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul was talking to Timothy. He said, no, let no one despise your youth. Be, Be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. All these things. Be an example in all these things. Now, some of you may be sitting there thinking, well, this sermon is not for me. I'm not a hypocrite. So he's just really talk, talking to the to the wind. I'm not a hypocrite, and you know what? if you're not good for you and I commend you for not being one. However, you know what? I can't say that. I wished I could, but I've been hypocritical in my life, and I need to hear these things. Well let's think about. Some things here in our worship service that we could be hypocritical about. And then we'll talk about a few things out when we go outside these doors. Um, We sang some songs a moment ago. So, have you ever sang songs, sung songs? I never knew. I'll have to get an English teacher to tell me how that works. But I think you understand what I'm saying. Have you ever sang songs and then when you got to thinking about it, I'm not sure what I sang. I was trying to make sure I got all the notes right. Uh, Have you ever done that? That's kind of hypocritical, if you have. Have we ever, we had a prayer. Have you ever bowed your head in prayer, but your thoughts are going, thinking about what you're going to do when you get out of the building? That's kind of hypocritical, isn't it? We partook of the Lord's Supper this morning. Have you ever, maybe somebody, you know, have you ever taken that and maybe you were worrying worrying about how you're going to pay your bills this week when your mind should have been on what that represents? Let's talk about things when we walk out this door. You know, I think I'm a pretty good driver. I think I'm pretty good. I'm not perfect, but I think I'm a pretty good driver. But one of my pet peeves is people that do not use their turning signals. Oh, man, that bothers me. That really bothers me to think that you had, for instance, a Cadillac or an Escalade or something like that, and you paid all that money for it, and yet it doesn't have a turning signal on it. That's what it appears, because people don't use their turning signals. Robin can attest to this. I do not like that. But yet I'll talk about that. But what about if I get on the interstate and it says speed limit 75, but I go 80? Isn't that kind of hypocritical? I mean, I'm breaking the laws of the land. That may hurt some people here. Speed limit is one thing that bothers some people, but think about it. You're supposed to use those turning signals, but you're not supposed to break the law on speed limit. Well, let's say that I go to Walmart, and, and I, uh, I go through the ch- self-checkout, which I usually do because there's nobody there to check me out anyway. And so I go to the self-checkout, and uh, I, I, I honestly check everything out. At least I thought I did. And I wheel my basket out to the vehicle, and then I realize that, you know, I had a case of water down there in the bottom that I forgot I had, and I didn't scan it. Do I think, well, you know, they make so much money, they'll never know the difference. I'm not going back in there and have to go through all that again and stand in line again. Well, I haven't done that. I'll tell you, I haven't done that. But some people do that. I've heard people tell me that they'll never miss it. And they probably won't miss it. But it's, it's a hypocritical thing to do. We shouldn't do that. What about at work if you, uh, you know, you filled out, if it was the old-fashioned days, it's not that way anymore, pretty much everything's on computer, but when I first started working, we had, we had to fill out a time card. It wasn't a time clock where you punched it, you just filled it out manually. You could put anything on there you wanted to, if, if, you know, if you wanted. Well, you know, <clears throat> I worked really hard this week, and, you know, I'd like to leave a little early, but I'm going to put down... You know, I left at my normal time. That's not right. But some people do it. Now, the real kicker of this whole thing is when I was studying this, something happened to me that I'm going to tell you about. Not in detail, but I'll tell you something. About a week ago, my daughter she got some news that wasn't so good not, not physical news but she's fine, healthy and all that But she'd been working really hard and she got some news that was devastating to her and to me because I knew how hard she'd been working and I don't think it was fair what happened to her not fair at all and I've been probably a, a bear to live with this week Uh, but Robin put up with me anyway. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And those people need to have more compassion and they need to show more uh, empathy and they need to do this and they need to do that. And then it hit me that I was doing this lesson on hypocrisy and I was thinking, man, you're being a hypocrite for sure the way you're acting because And Luke 6, 27, it says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. That was a wake-up call for me right there because I wasn't uh, being very nice. So, you know, what I did, which is very hard to do, and it's still very difficult, but I've been praying for those people that I was running down. Now, that's hard to do if you've ever been hurt. And my daughter's already picked up the pieces and went on, but I'm still... Laying here wallowing around in the mud like a pig about it. But she picked up the pieces and went on. But I'm not. I'm acting like a, don't know what, a crazy man. That was wrong. But I'm glad I realized it was wrong. And, and hopefully I'm getting that corrected. But, you know, Satan's at work in all different ways in our lives. And he'll throw anything at us and just to see if he can get us and we don't want them to do that. In Galatians 5:22 and 23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. No law against all these things that I just read. No law against those. Those are things we should do. Those are things we should want to do. Those are things we should wake up wanting to do each and every day. But here's the kicker of it all. We're going to all be held accountable to God when we stand in the judgment. <clears throat> There's not going to be any exceptions. In Romans 2, six, the Bible says, God will render to every man according to his deeds. I'm going to stand in judgment, and you're going to stand in judgment. And I'm not going to answer for you, and you're not going to answer for me. And there's a lot of different things in life that, that we consider sins, but hypocrisy is one. That's one. And we need to remember or ask ourselves, are we or have we been hypocritical? Have you done any of these things that I've talked about tonight? These are, these are not, this is not a full list. I mean, I, I couldn't come up with everything. Have you done one of these things? That's a question that, of course, you can only answer. But I remember several years ago, Marlon Cole, he he spoke at a gospel meeting here, and you remember this as well as I do, that he gave a lesson on, he called it the dash, and that's the spot between when you were born and when you pass away. What did you do in between that time? We don't want it to be known that Carry McCormick was hypocritical between the year he was born and the year he passed away. And neither do you. So, the unfortunate thing about this lesson is I kind of think it's been a negative lesson. It hadn't been a happy lesson. You know, I'm pointing out faults that people have, faults that I have, and that's not something fun. That's not something that we have joy about but here's the good news about all that it's always nice to end with good news the good news is that you and I can correct all that we can correct it if you've not confessed Jesus as the son of God and been baptized you can do that tonight and all these sins that we've talked about can be forgiven washed completely away Never, ever to be discussed again. And you can do that. But, you know, if you're a Christian and you've kind of put God on the back burner and you've done some of these things and maybe you've hurt somebody, maybe you've said something you shouldn't have or criticized someone you shouldn't have, whatever the case is, I can't come up with all of it, you can be forgiven too because the blood of Jesus doesn't quit cleansing as long as we're faithful, we try to do our best, that blood will continue to cleanse. So there's good news. You don't have to fall in that category, and neither do I. But the question, again, is are you who you say you are? If you have any needs, would you come as we stand and sing the Song of invitation?